Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. So glad you're able to join us today. You know, people have been talking a lot about what's going on in our country. Is this the same country that we've known before? And, uh, you know, the headlines have so many discouraging things about inflation and energy and what our kids are being taught and the border. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff today. You know, we're less than a month away from the midterms. Think about that. And here we are. You know, Benjamin Franklin was asked after they completed the Constitution, Sir, what do we have here? A monarchy or a republic? And he said, a republic, if we can keep it. We've kept it for 246 years, but right now we're on the precipice of maybe losing it. This is the closest we've been. I mean, we've been through World War One, World War Two, the Vietnam War, civil rights movement, uh, natural disasters, you know, a whole host of things. But I don't think anything has been as serious a threat as the possibility of changing who we are as a nation, going from a nation that is of, by, and for the people to a nation that is of, by, and for the government. That is a big change. It is exactly what our founders fought so hard to to get away from, and yet we inexorably seem to be moving in that direction. And people are discouraged. And uh, I have to admit that, you know, after the 2020 election, I was thinking, you know, I've worked hard all my life, It's time to retire, relax, and enjoy life. But what if the people who came before us had had that attitude? And what if they said, I've done my share, I don't need to do any more. What kind of country would we have? What kind of freedoms would we have? What kind of lifestyle would we have? So I think we all need to think about what can we do uh, to deal with, with some of the things that are ahead some of the things that have caused so many people to be fearful and so many people to be downright angry. They're just angry about what's happening. And what about the media? 
What role are they playing in all of this? It seems to me like they're just interested in clicks and views, which gets them money. They're not thinking about why they're the only business that is protected by the Constitution. Because they were supposed to disseminate unbiased information to the people. They were supposed to ask the hard questions, not just to one side, but to all sides. They were to be the light that shined into darkness to expose the corruption when it was occurring. But when they only do that for one side, they allow it to multiply enormously in the other side. And it causes people to lose faith in our government and in our system. And every time I see a young journalist, I talk to them about that. And I say, would you consider maybe stepping out of the mainstream and being a courageous journalist and telling the truth and investigating all things that need to be investigated regardless of who is being investigated. Because if you're willing to do that, you might be the beginning of a vanguard of journalists who can help us to rectify what's going on in our country. Something to think about. Well, you know, I'm going to give you my honest opinion about these topics today. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to hear what you're thinking about. But uh, let's start out by talking about inflation. You know, we've heard that it was supposed to be temporary. It was just going to last for a short period of time. It wasn't all that serious. Tell that to the mother who's trying to feed her family. You know, tell it to the father who has to go to work and, and drive his pickup truck every day and pay enormous amounts for that fuel, amounts that... He was planning to save for a nest egg. Tell it to those elderly individuals on fixed incomes who have jealously guarded their 401ks all these years, and now they're just watching them become 201ks. I mean, this is pretty uh, serious, this inflation business that's going on. And what's behind it? Well, you may remember. When the current administration took office, one of the first things they did was cancel the Keystone Pipeline and institute a host of regulations to suppress the use of our natural resources, our natural energy. And it had an immediate effect. The energy prices started going up drastically long before Putin invaded Ukraine, by the way. Uh, you can easily look that up. That's not a hidden fact. Uh, but everything that is transported by vehicles that require energy is going up in price. So the price of food has gone up uh, very substantially. The Consumer Price Index of September uh, reported last week by the Bureau of Labor Statistics up 8.2% uh, year over year. Uh, food index is soaring uh, month over month as well. And, you know, the, the gas prices, you know, they were coming down, they were going up, coming down, going up, but the trend is upward. 
even though you have little dips. And there's no reason for it to come down because, you know, the resources are becoming more scarce and uh, we don't seem to have uh, anybody who really wants to help us with that, quite frankly. And there's just this religious uh, intensity on behalf of some who just treat the environment as their God. They worship the creation and not the creator, as it says in the book of Romans in chapter 1. And, uh, you know, it's climate change. Climate change. Remember some years ago we were supposed to be having a new ice age. Everything was going to freeze. And then they said, no, everything's going to burn up. Well, none of those things seem to be happening. So then they just said, well, the climate's going to change. Well, you know what? That's a pretty safe bet. Of course you're going to have little changes in the climate. You know, when it stops changing, we're dead. So I'm grateful that there's an ability of the environment to change. doesn't mean that we shouldn't take care of our environment. You know, God gave us a beautiful planet charged us with taking care of it, we should do that. But guess what they did? What else he gave us? A brain. So we can actually think. Uh, we can prioritize. We don't have to panic and say, we're all going to be dead in 10 years. We're all going to be dead in 12 years if we don't drastically change everything with no real evidence, just hysteria. And uh, I think we can do better than that. We have to do better than that. And, you know, when we make all of these decisions, we have to recognize that those decisions have ramifications. You know, what did we do when we suppressed our energy production? We played right into the arms of Putin. He needed money. He needed power. We gave it to him. And what did he do with it? something that he's been wanting to do for 30 years. Since the dissolution of the Soviet Union, he's wanted to put it back together. He's looking for the opportunity. And we provided that opportunity for him. So, of course, he seized upon the opportunity, recognizing that our military leadership was not super. And uh, having looked at what happened in Afghanistan, he figured we probably wouldn't really know what to do. So now it has escalated, and we could be on the brink of nuclear war just because of some of the decisions that have been made. We need to really be thinking about that, and we need to think seriously about the kind of leadership that we put in place. It is... It is not automatic. You don't just put somebody in and everything is going to automatically be okay. It doesn't work that way. The, the, the people that they choose to put around them uh, makes a big difference in the direction uh, that the country goes in. And, uh, you know, we have to face the fact now that Putin is not likely to put his tail between his legs and run away. I think he would rather destroy the world than to do that. 
And uh, there could be some awfully big consequences for all of us. So we really need to be thinking about that. So, yes, green energy is desirable. No question about that. But we don't have the ability to immediately fill the gap that is created by not utilizing the natural resources that we were blessed with. So let's begin to think about how we act in an intelligent fashion, use our brains, work together. There's no reason that we can't work toward green renewable energy. But let's not throw away what we have, what we've learned how to extract and to use with minimal damage to the environment. You know, the last administration, the, the cleanest air and the cleanest water since we've been making those measurements. And we know how to extract the petroleum products much better than many of the people that we're now going to with our hat in our hand asking them to do it. So that's not really helping the environment if, if they're pumping more oil and doing it in a dirtier way. You know, there's so many things to be considered here. And we'll be back in a moment to consider more of them after we hear from our sponsors. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. In our last segment, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the things that are happening with inflation and gas prices. And just uh, our energy policy uh, in general. Uh, President Biden says it's not hurting anything. But is that true? What about all those regulations that have been put in place that keep us from maximally developing uh, our natural energy products. Uh, it's causing all kinds of uh, production issues, permitting issues, and regulations are sort of the enemy uh, to a booming economy, to innovation, to entrepreneurship doesn't mean that we shouldn't have some regulations. But, you know, what we've been doing for years and years is just adding regulations instead of replacing 
rules and regulations. We just add more. And that's why President Trump instructed all of the agency leaders to get rid of two regulations for every new regulation they instituted. For a while there, we were getting rid of 22 for every two. And just at HUD alone, we got rid of more than 2,000 regulations and sub-regulations, so it made it much easier to get things done. And uh, we need to be thinking about how we reduce the bureaucracy and are able to work effectively and efficiently. Uh, it can be done. You know, I'm reminded now when I look at what's going on at the energy to the early 70s when we were having similar crises. Uh, it was so bad. I remember there was rationing of gasoline. You know, if your license plate ended in an even number, you know, you could get gas on Monday, Wednesday and Friday if it was odd, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. I mean, it was... It was surreal, but uh, I'm sure some of the older people here remember that. And uh, we could get there again. You know, the reality is our world, the modern world, the industrialized world, it needs energy. That's one of the fundamental foundations of the improvement in civilization, just like the human body needs food. And... Uh, you know, we can't feed it with hopes and desires. We have to feed the body with actual food. And that's the same thing for the world that we live in now. Doesn't mean that that won't change. You know, it. we evolve. We do better. We learn how to do things better. You know, we're much better at transporting things today than we were 50 years ago. Uh, there are medical procedures that have improved vastly over that period of time. And there's no reason to expect that we won't improve in the way that we utilize energy. But we can't run that whole society on hopes and dreams. We have to have real things, real food, real energy. And I hope that that will get through to some of the people on the left. You know, they're having it much worse in Europe than we're having it uh, here. You know, they're getting ready for the winter, and they're very worried about it. You know, the people in the uh, Czech Republic are out in the streets protesting the high price of energy uh, right now. France is warning of energy rationing and rolling blackouts this winter. Does that sound familiar to the people in California? I wonder if maybe there's some similarities in the way California and France are run. Interesting thing to think about. In Poland, listen to this. People are burning garbage to stay warm. And, uh, you know, think about that. The emissions, the hazardous emissions, the toxic emissions that come from that can be worse than the carbon emissions. But that's how desperate people are getting. You think about the forest in Finland and Estonia, vast forests where carbon dioxide can be converted to oxygen. But what's happening instead People are chopping down those trees. The logging 
uh, industry is magnifying because people need the wood for heat. That's what's happening. It's uh, really a very serious problem, something that we've got to think about. The president says he's doing everything he can to get the price of energy down. Really? I mean, has he reopened the Keystone Pipeline? Has he gotten rid of the regulatory burden so that we can extract the energy, so that we can use it ourselves to bring those prices down? We've made tremendous progress in terms of natural gas and being able to liquefy it and transport it. So we can certainly have a major ameliorating impact on Europe and what's going on there. These are all things that can be done with the stroke of a pen. The only problem is it would anger the president's base. So he's not likely to do it. You know, that base sort of reminds me of maybe a, a an immature child determining what your diet should be. They want candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Your teeth would rot, you'd get diabetes, your health would deteriorate, and you wouldn't make it very far. You know, we have to have mature thinking. That's why we have these sophisticated brains so we can plan and strategize and not just take one thing and say, this is what it has to be, and everything has to conform to that. It just doesn't work. It isn't working. And, you know, the president is blaming the high energy prices on everybody else. It's Putin's fault. It's the greedy oil executive's fault. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't, I was not allowed by my mother to make excuses. She always came up with a poem. I'm going to read that poem to you. It's called Yourself to Blame. If things go bad for you and make you a bit ashamed, often you will find out that you have yourself to blame. Swiftly we ran to mischief, and then the bad luck came. Why do we fault others? We have ourselves to blame. Whatever happens to us, here are the words we say. Had it not been for so-and-so, things wouldn't have gone that way. And if you're short of friends, I'll tell you what to do. Make an examination. You'll find the faults in you. You're the captain of your ship, so agree with the same. If you travel downward, you have yourself to blame. You know, you have to recognize that there's a problem and that you're part of that problem before you gain the resolve to actually solve that problem. We have to start acknowledging what's going on. And, you know, Mr. President, don't worry about your base. Worry about the American people. Worry about what's happening to our country. Worry about what's happening to our future. Your base will survive. But the rest of it may not. Think about that. You don't have to go to the Saudis, Saudis with hat in hand, and hope that they will make up for the deficit. It's not going to happen. Because remember, they are bitter enemies with Iran, 
who you're cozying up to. So they're not going to be real likely to help us. Think about it. And all we're going to do is really drive them into the arms of the Russians. We need to think about that. And then, uh, you know, the White House asked the Saudis to delay their vote until the next meeting about their production of oil. You know, that sounds sort of like the previous president asking the Ukrainian president to look into the corruption that was going on. He got impeached for doing that. Of course, you don't have to worry about being impeached because, you know, the people who jump up and down for impeachment are not going to do that to you. But it's a very similar type of circumstance. And now you're thinking about going to Maduro, that tyrant in Venezuela, and legitimizing his operation and getting rid of some of the sanctions so that maybe they could help us alleviate our oil issues when we have everything sitting right here in our own backyard. That, sir, does not make a lot of sense. And what about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? I wonder why it's called Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's supposed to be used if we have a situation, a crisis, a natural disaster, something that we have to deal with, then we will already have the strategic reserves that we can use. It's not for mitigating bad energy policy. And it puts us really in a dangerous situation because the world is in a very precarious spot right now. Both China and Russia, you've got North Korea, you've got uh, Iran. You know, the Iranians see us as the great Satan. They would love to destroy us. And they're probably sending some of their agents through our open southern border right now targeting our electric grid and some other things. It's like we've totally forgotten about what happened, you know, at the World Trade Center. Just forget about it. That can't happen again. We're invulnerable. Nothing can happen to us. Are you kidding me? And then on top of that, we're going to deplete our strategic oil reserves. You know, they're down at the lowest level since 1985. Give me a break. Again. Isn't that the reason that we have a brain? So I understand that there are constituents who talk about nothing but climate and they want to control everything based on climate. But we've got to be able to prioritize. You know, it's sort of like a farmer or a potential farmer who's been given some land. And he thinks, for me to be a successful farmer, I have to have a barn. So I'm going to build a barn. He doesn't have a house to live in. He doesn't have any crops to farm. But he says, i got to have a barn. And he goes around collecting wood and nails. And he's trying to build a barn. He's sleeping under a tree. He doesn't have an income. And then people come to him and they say, look, you need to 
to build a house and you need to have some crops so that you have a regular income and then you can build a barn or anything else. No, no, no. The barn has to come first. Isn't that how the climate activists act? We'll be right back after a short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. We've talked about several things already. But what about COVID? Is it gone? The president said the pandemic was gone a few weeks ago. Of course, his people immediately came out and said, don't mind that man behind the curtain. <laughs> they don't want to get rid of this mechanism of control. And uh, when they're finally ready to declare it gone, the, then it'll be climate or something else. But uh, they don't want to give up that control. But isn't that what America is? A place where you don't have to have other people controlling your life? Isn't that the reason that people came here? So that there wouldn't be mandates about everything? So that you could lead the life that you wanted to leave? Well, anyway, I digress. Back to COVID. Why has it resulted in the loss of confidence in the CDC and the NIH and our government medical facilities? Well, for one thing, until recently, they refused to even talk about natural immunity. We've known about natural immunity for hundreds of years. Natural immunity, what's that? Oh, unbelievable. And interestingly enough, it seems like the people with natural immunity are not having nearly the problems with recurrent bouts of COVID as the people who have immunity induced by mRNA. And that's not to say that people shouldn't get the vaccine. What it is to say is, though, we have a tremendous number of excellent physicians. We have great medical facilities, and everybody is different, and everybody's risk profile is different. And if we were smart, we provide information, and we let people decide with their medical professionals how they should handle this. 
You know, we also have some rules that need to be changed. The FDA has a rule that says they can't issue an EUA, an emergency use authorization, for like a new vaccine if there are other effective alternative treatments. Well, interestingly enough, maybe there were other effective treatments. Seems to me, if we were really serious, we would have investigated those areas and determined that maybe there were some useful alternatives and maybe hundreds of thousands of people who died didn't actually need to die. You know, we need better policies. If we have a pandemic going on, serious health crisis, to confine ourselves to one pathway, to one channel, doesn't make any sense, particularly in a nation that has a history of innovation and entrepreneurship. I hope we learn from that situation. As long as we learn from it, maybe it won't be so bad. But, you know, this whole thing of mandates, we need to be thinking very seriously about the direction of our country. Do we really want to move in a direction where we have bureaucrats telling us what we have to do? Where we have bureaucrats who determine that we don't really need to put these criminals away, even the ones who are repeated threats to our society and have clearly not been rehabilitated. Is that really fair? Isn't the government's job to protect the citizenry? We need to be thinking about those kinds of things. And, you know, these mandates that are in our private institutions and our colleges and universities and our public facilities and our military when it comes to COVID, are they really necessary? Have the COVID vaccinations stopped the spread of the disease or has just about everybody had it? You know, maybe we need to be using those incredible brains we have and thinking about better ways to do things. And how do we limit the mandates and the rules and increase the freedom of our people? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Are we ready to just throw those things away? Or maybe let's think proactively about how we maintain the greatest nation that ever existed in the history of the world. And what about our borders? There's another topic that's been in at least some of the media. Other parts of the media uh, pretend like, uh, you know, Mayorkas and the vice president, that we don't actually have a problem at the border. Never mind the fact that thousands of people are coming across. Never mind the fact that we're not monitoring their health status, or in many cases, who they are. It's okay, because we're compassionate people. 
and we take care of everybody. Well, you know, we are compassionate people, but again, we also have a brain. And we need to understand that there is an orderly way to do things. That's why it's been set up that way. And, you know, it was very disturbing uh, this week to see that uh, the Border Patrol agents who were basically criminalized, you know, they were demonized, said that they were whipping the Haitian immigrants. And it turned out not to be true. An investigation showed that it wasn't true. And yet the president and the secretary of Homeland Security went out and demonized them anyway. And the penalties that were imposed on them are still in place, even though it has been shown that they did not whip any immigrants. What the heck is going on? Is there any attempt at justice, at fairness for people? I mean, it's going to be we the people who have to make the difference here. We have to use the power of the ballot in an appropriate way where we continue to get crazy stuff. Crazy stuff doesn't just come out of one party. There are crazies all over the place. But we have to be the ones who actually do our homework and know what's going on. And when we vote, we don't just vote for a name that looks familiar. We've got to do better than that. And, uh, you know, the, the Border Patrol situation reminds me a lot of, you know, when I became the HUD secretary. And the narrative that they wanted to put forth was the only thing that was important to the media. They wanted to put forth the narrative that the Secretary of HUD was buying a $31,000 dining room table and at the same time cutting the budget. What a bunch of garbage. And there was a million-dollar investigation done by the Inspector General. And, of course, it revealed that I'd never even bought the furniture. It wasn't the table. It was 17 pieces of furniture. There were only two catalogs out of which you were allowed to pick the furniture. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that furniture is at the bottom of my list of important things. I, I care so little about furniture. It is ridiculous. But they had a narrative that they wanted to put forth. Of course, the in inspector general found absolutely no culpability, no wrongdoing whatsoever. It was just a bunch of garbage. But the narrative still stuck. I still uh, see people on the left who say, Carson bought that furniture because there was no attempt, obviously, to clarify on behalf of the media, some of whom uh, were calling for my resignation. It's pretty amazing where we've gone as a country. But this is America. We are the people with the can-do attitude. And there is a God. And we talk about him on all of our coins, all of our bills that says, in God we trust. And we have to bring back those godly principles of love, love your neighbor, of fairness and decency, of living by our values and principles, of not being manipulated 
by those who want to change this nation. They want us to be enemies in order to accomplish their goals. We, the American people, are not each other's enemies. Do not listen. It is absolutely untrue. And we'll be back with your assignment in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Again, I hope you've enjoyed this program. We're going to take a little time for one of your questions now. This is a question from Elizabeth Bodie. Dear Dr. Carson, thank you for all you're doing for our country. I have learned a lot listening to the podcast. My question is, in the face of so much bad news, how do you keep up hope? I feel it is important to stay informed. But hearing so much wrong and stupid stuff going on, I often struggle with anger. I know our hope needs to rest in God, not in men or our country. But so much is being recklessly squandered that it's painful to watch. I would appreciate any advice you can give. Well, sadly, Elizabeth, uh, your observations are true and they are squandering our resources. But there is a God. And you remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, Abraham was negotiating with God. Would you save them if there are 50 righteous people? God said, yes. 40? Yes. 30? Yes. 20? Yes. 10? Yes. If he was willing to save Sodom and Gomorrah for 10, I don't think we need to worry, but we do need to keep being faithful. We do need to concentrate on doing the things that are right and pleasing in God's sight. He is a merciful God. He predicted all of this in the book of Romans. It talked about things that would be going on in the last days, about how men considering themselves wise would become fools. Read the first chapter of Romans. It helps to put a lot of this in perspective. But we, we 
our America, we will and we can do much better than that. But I want you to think for your prescription this week about all the people who, like Elizabeth, feel angry and sometimes feel helpless in the society that we're living in. What can you do? What can you do to influence a president who's a thousand miles away in the ivory tower? Maybe not much, but I'll tell you where you can have an influence. Your local school board, your city council, all of your local legislative entities, you can have a big effect there. And that's where a lot of business gets taken care of. So work this week to find out where those meetings are being held, when they're being held, and go and participate as an American citizen, as a vital part of the community in which you live. You can make a big, big difference. And I hope you will continue to join us for this podcast. You know, uh, make sure you subscribe for free to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from so you'll never miss an episode. Remember to rate us, review us, tell your friends about us. We're growing like crazy because of you and because there is a lot of common sense out there. And we've got to make sure that we get it into the right places, into our legislative bodies. You can make a difference there. And until next week, treasure the cornerstones. Think about them all the time. Faith, liberty, community, and life. See you next week.